The following is paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. I'm your host, Jeff Orvitz. This week is the first of a two-part series on Investing 101. Glenn Lease is a senior investment advisor at WT Wealth Management, and you can learn more about Glenn by going to wtwealthmanagement.com or by calling 928-225-2474. All right, Glenn, uh, we wanted to do a series on Investing 101. And I think it's a, a great time to do that. Just all yeah, the basics yeah. and really beyond, because yep. I think you've been having a lot of people ask you, hey, what is this? What is that? And, and d- just getting into the details, the nitty gritty, just even the terminology. Yeah, it's funny. I uh, The other week I was meeting with someone, a professional here in town, and I said, hey, uh, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, if you could have any topic that you'd want to learn about, what would it be? And they said, you know, just getting started, staying, you know, getting into the investment game and, and kind of getting the ball rolling, kind of late to getting things going. And I don't even know where to start. You know, they they had mentioned that at some point in time they had a 401k and they didn't even know what they were doing there. They were like, I don't even know what to pick. There's all these options. Yeah. And I don't even know, really, are mutual funds risky or safe? You know, what's a bond? So I thought the Investing 101 series would be a great place to start first with just educating. Let's talk about brass tacks. Let's talk about what the terms mean, where to get started, some basic things that we should be looking at, and then, you know, how to go from there. So this whole series, we're basically looking at, you know, the the basics of uh, investing and then how to get started. So uh, that's what we'll be covering today. Yeah. So let's do that. And then if you, if you have any follow-up questions for Glenn, anytime, uh, cause we can only cover so much. If you want to get yeah. into more detail, give Glenn a call at 928-225-2474. Um, so I guess where, where do we start? Where's the best place to start the investing conversation when, especially when someone new calls you? Yeah. So when it comes to investing, you know, I like to first get a gauge of where that person's at. And so I ask them questions like, well, have you ever invested before? You know, how do you, what do you know about investing and kind of build on it from there? So some people come in and they, you know, when I ask that question, their response is, oh, I, I know P&E ratios. I know book value. I know all this stuff. I know earnings. Okay. So we're, we're going to build on a lot more advanced concepts, but a lot of people that come in to talk with us are individuals that <clears throat> are just getting started. They, they really don't know where to start. And so, um, you know, that's where we first start with education. Okay. Let's talk about what's a stock, what's a bond, what's a mutual fund, what's a, you know, a REIT or real estate investment trust to kind of build on from those concepts. So that way they have, we have a basic, uh, base foundation and then we can go from there. So really education first then getting engaged for where that person's at. It's almost like maybe we should start off with a little investing quiz. Like, you know, what do you know about investing so far? So then I can make sure we're talking at the level they're at and then build on it from there. Well, and you've said on the program many times that people should invest in themselves. Yep. Yep. Talk, talk about that. Expand on that a little bit. Yeah. When it, it for us, the, the more that we educate people and the more that we help them learn about investing, the more they really like what we're doing because they realize we are implementing best practices. So really, you know, knowledge is power. You know, I've heard that phrase before. <clears throat> and when it comes to investing, I just think that a lot of individuals in our society haven't been educated in that area. And I don't know if that's on purpose, you know, in our educational system, if there's not a lot of 
information or focus on that. I mean, I remember coming out of high school and, and, and knowing pre-calculus, but not knowing the basics of money or why debt is bad or even what a stock was or investing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think investing ourselves in this particular area will pay off great dividends over time. And knowledge and education is something that never goes away. So once you start educating and become more familiar, the more successful you're going to be in this uh, investing endeavor. Well, could it be too that the some of the people that are teaching this stuff or when you go into school, they don't have those basics as far as basic yeah. investing? education. That could be too. Uh, I mean, that probably makes the most sense. I don't think that there's a lack of information uh, out of malice. I think there's just, you know, not a lot of focus put on that. And, and as I got into this industry and I started becoming more successful in helping other people success, be successful in investing too, that really ingrained in me the importance of educating yourself and investing. Um, and there's a lot of great resources. Obviously we're doing this podcast. There's, you know, a lot of our, our content on our website, but there's, there's a lot of stuff out there where people can, if they want to learn, you know, about investing or learn about money concepts. And, um, you know, we just think that that is really important to just kind of start the ball, get it going. Yeah. Well, you, when, I guess the question that comes up a lot also is when do you get started with investing? And you said you've, you've had clients call in from all different age ranges. You've talked about your kids in the past, mm-hmm. yep. how they're already getting started, but there's a lot of people who are like, I'm, uh, you know, this old and I haven't even started. What, yeah. when, when's the time? Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, it's never too late to start. You know, I work with people all over the spectrum for, for whatever, um, season they are in their life. And, and the fact is when it comes to investing, one of the core tenets is it's all about, uh, when, time in the market. So the more time that you have investing, the more your money is going to be able to grow and compound on itself. So the sooner, the better. Um, I know there's a lot of hesitation with people that maybe don't get started because they feel like they don't have enough saved, or maybe they're, you know, behind the, you know, behind the curve a little bit of getting started later. So that maybe there's a, a feeling of like, Oh man, I know I should have been doing this earlier, but I haven't. So I'm a little embarrassed, but I mean, now's the best time to start, you know? Uh, so today, you know, to make today the day that you start investing in your education and start the process of, you know, actually investing in, uh, the stock market. And that's something we can help with. We've always prided ourselves and, and not have any, uh, not having any minimums to get started. We think that that is just a good business practice. So anyone that comes in our doors, we can help them get started today. So the answer is now, yeah, no now, matter what now. age, yeah, so yeah. if you're younger or, yep. or don't be shy, if you're older, if you're 40 something, 50 something or whatever, yep. 60 something, and you're like, I didn't do it. It's like, well, now is still a good time versus exactly. saying I'm waiting for the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I use my, my mom as an example. She didn't actually start investing until so I think she was in her early fifties. She came to the office one day just to say hi to me. And I, you know, had the paperwork there and I said, uh, you're not leaving until you sign this paperwork. <laughs> She's like, what's all this? I'm like, I'm going to get you started investing, you know, get you kind of slowly, but surely started. And then, you know, four or five years later, you know, she's been at it and now she, she works for us as a, as a firm. So, um, I mean, the key is just taking that first step, right? A journey starts with this, the first step, right? So we got to just, you know, get the ball going and get it, you know, get it started now. And then there are some obviously hurdles if you're late to the game, you know, we'll talk about that later of how to play a little bit of catch up, but yeah, today's the day make that call today and let's get you started. Do it. All right. And let me give out the number again. If you have any questions for Glenn, Glenn's always available to, to talk with you. Give him a call at 928 225 That's 928-225-2474. All right, Glenn, let's get into the terminology. 
Okay. I mean, I have a long list here for you that I think a lot of people, some people are going to be like, oh, I know that. That's, that's super basic. But some people are going to be like, I've just the first time I've heard about this. Yep. Or I don't understand what that is. Or maybe in some cases, Glenn, they're embarrassed to ask because I, they feel like I should know this, perhaps. So yep. let's start <laughs> off with this. What is a stock? Yeah, a stock is just ownership uh, in a company. So there's a lot of different ways to own stock, but basically it means you own a part of that particular company. There's uh, publicly traded stocks, you know, publicly traded ownership of companies. And there's also privately, tra- you know, privately held, meaning it's not as easy to get. So most of our conversation is going to be focused on uh, publicly traded companies. And within stocks, there's usually a couple different ways to own portions of uh, a company. So there, you may have heard the term ordinary shares or ordinary stock. Um, they also have preferred stock. Preferred stock are a little bit different in that they usually have a guaranteed dividend that the company will pay them. Um, but they also, in exchange, a lot of times give up some of their voting rights that the common stockholder has. So there's common stock, there's uh, preferred stock. And then occasionally we have like restricted stock, which is like if you are the one of the owners of the company and you take it public, you, you may not be able to sell your stock for a certain period of time just to make sure it's fair for everyone involved. So really, I mean, most of the time people are owning common stock, which is just okay. a percentage share of the company. And the idea being is that whatever company you're investing in, um, you're hoping that they're going to make more money, become more profitable. And so your ownership share uh, your stock is going to be worth more as time goes on because that company is more profitable and therefore drives the stock value up. And, you know, that's one way of making money in stocks is, you know, if the company becomes more profitable, the other way is if, uh, you know, the company pays out a dividend. So can, can yeah. you explain a dividend is a, is a, is a payout is a yeah, percentage yeah, yeah. of the earning. Explain yep, that real yep, quick. Yep. So say, you know, uh, Apple company, let's use them as an example, say for, for this illustration, they're, they're $10 a share. Um, say they come out with, we a wish brand- you could buy it at 10. Yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> clearly not the price, but say they come out with a brand new product, right? And that product does very well. And now their sales are up and they're selling for, you know, their stock valuations gone up because they had a 20% increase in sales, 20% increase in profitability and their stock price reflects that. And maybe they're selling at $12 a share. So you'd bought it at 10. Now it's worth 12. If you were to sell, you would, you know, make that profit. That's, you know, they, you know, one way of making money. The other way is if Apple themselves says, man, we've just done a tremendously good job, you know, this year, you know, we've made a lot of profit. We're not going to necessarily reinvest that back into operations. We're going to actually distribute that out to the owners of the company, uh, which would be the stockholders as a dividend. Okay. So that's kind of what they do. And usually dividends are paid quarterly. And if you own common shares, uh, dividends are not necessarily guaranteed, but they're pretty expected. Once you start paying dividends, you almost have to keep paying them. But in 2008, we actually saw a lot of companies cease dividend payments. So, you know, most of the time, unless it's contractually stated, it's pretty well expected that if you get paid a dividend this quarter, you're going to pay paid next quarter. And hopefully it gets a little bit more each year, but, um, companies kind of know that. So once they start paying dividends, they know they kind of most likely need to keep that schedule up and, and hopefully increase the dividends. But some companies just say, we're not paying a dividend. We're just reinvesting all those profits back into the company. And hopefully we'll make even more profits because we, you know, built a new factory or put more money in R and D now are making more money on new products. So those are, you know, stock ownership. The, the other term you may hear for stock is equities. 
So equities is just synonymous with stocks. Okay. All right. And an, another thing that you mentioned was public stock. Uh, let me use an, a current example. Yeah. Twitter yeah. is a public yep. stock. Mm-hmm. Of course, Elon Musk has offered to buy it and retake it to private. Yep. There would still be stock in that company, yep. but it'd be a privately held company at that point, not openly traded. I exactly. Guess. Okay. So like I, I own a corporation, my wife and I were 50% owners in the corporation. And so we have like, you know, some amount of shares we could bring in another partner and offer them, you know, particular shares in our company and it would be a private transaction. So it's, it's not on the open market. It's not like it's, you know, people can still buy and sell the ownership shares, but it's a little bit harder. Um, and that's why they call them privately held. And, and there's, there's pros and cons to each. Um, obviously if you have shares of a company that's not publicly traded, trying to sell those shares can be a little challenging because that means you got to, you know, Go talk to Jeff, go talk to Glenn, go talk to someone else and see if they want to buy those privately held shares. So it's a little bit more challenging, but the company themselves gets to maintain more control if they're, they're privately held. Yeah. All right. We are talking with Glenn Least of WT Wealth Management. Uh, If you want to get more info, I'd love for you to call him right now. 928-225-2474. That's 928-225-2474. Or you can go to WTWealthManagement.com. You're listening to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. Uh, if you want to learn more, give Glenn a call right now at 928-225-2474. That's 928-225-2474. Now, Glenn decided to do uh, Investing 101. This is the first of a two-part series. and yep. We've gone over some of the terms. There's so many here. Uh, we're yep. just talking about what, what stocks are. Another thing, though, that most people know about or at least hear about and can can name is, is mutual funds. Talk, yep. talk about what, what a mutual fund is. So if I was to ask you, Hey, is a mutual fund risky? The follow-up question should be, well, what's that mutual fund comprised of? Cause the word mutual fund really just means it's a big basket of a particular type of investment. So if you buy a mutual fund, uh, you're going to have a basket of a lot of tiny slivers of a lot of different types of investments. That could be stocks. That could be bonds. That could be real estate. That could be any type of, uh, investment, but the, the mutual fund, a good example is, is like the, uh, the chassis of a car, you know, um, that's kind of like the, the, the overall kind of setup of it. And then you can put in whatever engine you want into that chassis. So the engine would be like the stocks or the bonds or the real estate. So, you know, the, the chassis itself, um, is really just kind of the, the housing vehicle. It just depends on what you put in the engine. You could put a small car or a small engine in there, a big engine, same thing with mutual funds. You can put stocks, bonds, a combination, gold, you could have cryptocurrency, mutual funds. So the word mutual fund just means big basket. So, um, and it's a, and it's an effective way to get ownership of whatever type of investment you're looking at, especially with, um, say, say stocks, say you want to buy diversified exposure of a thousand different stocks, but you only have a hundred dollars. Well, it's going to be kind of hard to do that because one share of Amazon, I mean, a couple thousand bucks. So the mutual fund allows investors access to a lot of these investment products um, at a lower cost. So that's okay. just, and they've been around for a while. So there's just a, a mutual pooled uh, vehicle of lots of people's money put together and, and, you know, in a basket. So another one here, Glenn, that everyone knows is, is the bond. Yep. And maybe talk about what the differences between a bond and, and stock and, and go into detail there. Yeah. So a bond is really, I like to tell people it's a fancy name for just a loan, right? So a loan usually comprises of two, two items. One is 
um, how long are you loaning the money for, and then how risky is that loan. And based off of that, you determine the interest rate. So whenever you loan money to the U.S. government, you know, you look at, well, what's the risk of them defaulting? Well, pretty low because they just print new money if they run out of it, right? It's a weird scenario where I tell people the U.S. government can't really default because they could just print more money. And they look at me kind of strange, like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the United States Treasury bonds, uh, Treasury uh, is kind of it means U.S. government. Um, those pay very, very, a very small interest rate because their risk is so low. Whereas, um, say you loaned money out to a corporation, those are called corporate bonds. Um, it depends on the company you're loaning to. If you loan money to Apple, they're probably not too risky. But if you loan money via bond to you know XYZ startup company, and we don't even know if they're going to be in business in five years, you're probably going to charge them quite a bit more money. So there's uh, treasury bonds or government bonds. Um, there's corporate bonds. And then there's also municipal bonds. Municipal bonds are Say you decide to loan money to the city of Flagstaff or you loan money to, you know, 50 or 100 different types of uh, municipals. So really, if you look at, say, even loaning money to a corporation, there's a fixed contractual uh, agreement where they're going to pay you back the money that you lent them plus the interest. And whether or not that corporation does well or not, you're still going to get your interest payment. And a lot of bonds are uh, what's called uh, asset backed, meaning that if they don't pay, they can um, take, you know, their assets. So they're, they're, they're contractually guaranteed. So if it's a one year bond and they'll pay you 2%, you know, at the end of the, you know, the first year, they'll pay you back the principal that you loaned them plus the, the interest rate on that. And if they don't, you could, you know, then take them through the, uh, uh, legal process, but, uh, b- bonds are, are fairly, they, they have been considered fairly safe because they are contractually guaranteed. However, uh, interest rates, uh, highly, uh, affect the price of bonds. So when they cut interest rates down substantially this year, that does affect bond pricing across the board. So, um, bonds sometimes track the stock market. Sometimes they don't, they're kind of an odd, uh, particular investment. And so bonds used to be very, very popular for a long time because they were considered to be safer, but now, you know, inflation is really high and bonds are just not paying the same for inflation. So we've kind of, people still use a lot of bonds, but they've, I, I would, I would say they've maybe fallen out a little favor just because it's because, uh, because yeah. of the rising inflation uh-huh. and interest yeah. rate. And is that because the, the new people buying the new bonds are getting a higher interest rate? So the old ones are like, why would I get that? So the value of those bonds go down. Is that a simple way to well, the easiest way to look at bonds is uh, look at the Federal Reserve overnight uh, lending rate. So it used to be zero to a quarter percent. And then from there, all the other bonds are then priced off of that. So when they cut interest rates down to zero, all the other bonds really had to move in tandem. So, you know, if you did a corporate bond, a fairly risky corporate bond, you might make four or five percent. Um, and that's a fairly risky bond. Whereas inflation's at seven or eight, um, the United States government that you can loan the money for 10 years and get paid less than 2%. I mean, the bonds have just changed dramatically. So, um, and surprisingly in 2022, uh, bonds have actually had a lot of volatility, much more than we'd expect. So they, they've moved in tandem with the stock market more than they normally do. So. Uh, let's sit on another one here, Glenn, and talking with Glenn Least, and you can call Glenn at 928-225-2474. Uh, Let's let's finish up this week with what real real estate investment trusts are REITs. I think their <clears throat> short yeah, name yeah, is exactly. So you you may have heard that term REIT, real estate investment trust. It basically is a way to get 
uh, ownership of real estate um, through the stock market. So a lot of times REITs are offered in a mutual fund where that mutual fund then has a lot of different slivers of real estate properties. And so usually you have a professional real estate management company that's managing those particular properties. And then they kind of package it up and sell it to the the open market as a, an investment product. So it is kind of nice that it's being professionally managed. They're taking care of the rents, taking care of all that. And then they're just giving you, you know, a piece of the a percentage of the profits or exposure in that area. So REITs can be commercial real estate. It can be residential. It could be, uh, industrial, it can be, you know, international, it could be domestic. I mean, there's really, that's just the, the overall term for real estate exposure within the stock market. So the nice thing with a REIT is that, um, it's liquid and available for a lot of REITs that are sold in the open market, meaning you could buy it today and sell it tomorrow. Whereas you can't necessarily do that. Well, maybe you could in today's market, but you know, if you buy an actual physical piece of real estate here in Flagstaff, trying to sell it that quick is a little bit more challenging. So REITs just give people a cheaper, more cost-effective way to get exposure to that. To get into that. Okay. Let's do this uh, because this is a long list. So I want to continue this and uh, let's next week get into ETFs, CDs, cryptocurrencies, commodities, uh, real assets. We have a lot of other things to cover here in our multi-part series on Investing 101. And uh, don't forget, you can call Glenn uh, and and learn more and get, you're always available to give more information, right, Glenn? Yeah. So give a call at 928-225-2474. That's 928-225-2474. And Glenn will pick this up next week. When you work with Glenn Least, his investment committee leverages over a century of combined experience to grow your money, not your fees. And they invest their personal savings the same exact way they invest your money. Call Glenn Least today for a complimentary consultation at 928-225-2474. There is no obligation. Just give Glenn a call at 928-225-2474.